If there is one thing that we can say for certain, it's that we as humans are creatures of habit. As a species, we are notorious for settling into our routines, for creating schedules that we strive to uphold, all in an effort to bring order to our all-too-chaotic world. I know, it seems mundane when you put it that way, and for the most part, that is exactly the case. But trust me when I say that our habitual nature serves a good purpose. Ian Newby Clark, with Psychology Today, said it best. Habits, the healthy ones at least, help us get through our daily responsibilities without too much effort on our part. And in turn, we are given more time for the things in our lives that truly matter. Simply put, our habits keep the mundane mundane, while simultaneously making way for more engaging opportunities to arise. Now, this is not to say that we should dig ourselves into a rut, nor should we bury ourselves neck deep into toxically unproductive cycles. For when we do, our lives become even more chaotic than they were before. This, of course, is often easier said than done. After all, habits are far more difficult to break than they are to make. And, well, you know what they say, old habits die hard. I'm Courtney Hayes, and you're listening to Haunts. Stay tuned. Set against the backdrop of North Yorkshire's rolling hills sits the village of Kirby Whisk. Dating back to the 11th century, this quintessential English township is best known for its rustic charm and historical significance. Now, it is true that Kirby Whisk isn't exactly popular when it comes to tourism, but if you're in the area, there is one spot that may be worth checking out. That is, of course, if you're feeling brave enough. On the corner of A61 and A167 sits a nondescript building with a bright red door. Sure, if given a passing glance, the building wouldn't seem like much, just an old public house that now stands permanently closed. But within the right circles, this building and its story are relatively well-known. Up until its closure back in 2012, the Busby Stoop Inn was revered as one of the most historic pubs in town. Thanks to its traditional architecture and cozy rustic interior, the Stoop Inn seemed to exude an old-world charm that was popular amongst Kirby Whisk locals. It's hard to think that the old public house, as warm and welcoming as it was, could have ever been the site of a violent and grisly haunting. But what's even harder to believe is that it all began with a single wooden chair. Our story begins in the year 1702, when one Thomas Busby lived along the moors of North Yorkshire, England. Truth be told, Thomas Busby wasn't somebody you wanted as an enemy. Apparently, he was known around Kirby Whisk for being a short-tempered man who was quick to hold a grudge, not to mention that he had developed a rather unhealthy habit in recent years. Day in and day out, Busby would spend his time at the pub. He would sit in the very same chair while he drank the very same ale until he was blind with rage. He would then go home and scream at his wife Elizabeth 
or perhaps even argue with his father-in-law, Daniel Adi, claiming that he was the very reason for his bitter frustrations. You see, the men were often at odds with one another, thanks to their differing opinions on how to manage the counterfeiting operation they ran a few towns over. They were known to argue day after day, regularly escalating their fury beyond the point of words. On one particular occasion, for instance, the pair got into a heated debate over their dishonest business practices. At some point, Busby stormed out, inadvertently leaving Audie to plot his next move. A short while later, Thomas Busby headed to the pub, evidently hoping to once again engage in his nightly routine. But upon his arrival, he instead finds his father-in-law sitting in his favorite chair. Oh, and to make matters worse, Daniel was threatening to remove Elizabeth from the situation. Now, needless to say, these threats didn't sit well with Busby, and before long, an all-out brawl broke out. Eventually, the fight was broken up, and the two men were sent their separate ways, but their story doesn't end there. Later that evening, Busby took a walk down to the Audi residence with a small hammer in his hands. He marched right up to the house and banged loudly on the door, all while he yelled Daniel's name. Eventually, his calls were answered, and just like that, Busby settled the argument once and for all. It was a warm summer's day when Thomas Busby was sentenced to death for the murder of Daniel Audie. And as he walked down to the gallows, he made one solemn promise. For anyone who dares sit in his favorite chair, he warned with a menacing grin, death itself would be soon to follow. If you were here back when I released episode one, then you would know that inanimate objects have a funny way of remembering things. Don't worry, I will have that episode linked in today's show notes. So if you missed it, be sure to go check it out. But for now, allow me to fill you in. There is a theory in paranormal research that claims inanimate objects have the ability to absorb energy, specifically when it comes to key events in their past. We saw evidence of this in our discussions of the Bassano vase. Not to mention, we touched on this concept again in episode 10, when we examined the alleged Amityville haunting. So there is at least some proof of concept here. No matter how unlikely it may seem, sometimes ordinary everyday items harbor dark energy. And that, of course, brings us back to Thomas Busby's chair of death. Given Busby's unceremonious send-off, it wasn't long before a chilling rumor began swirling around Kirby Whisk, one claiming that the spirit of Thomas Busby himself was haunting the old public house at Stoop Inn. Evidently, still going through the motions of his old routines, Busby's spirit allegedly stood watch over his favorite chair. I know, the legend leans more towards innocent ghost story than it does genuine fact, although that didn't stop patrons from steering clear of the artifact altogether. So, the chair sat unused, collecting dust inside the tavern at Stoop Inn. Well, that is until 1894, when one unfortunate soul decided to tempt fate.
it had been over a century since that fateful day. And up until that point, the tale of Thomas Busby's chair was nothing more than a scary story. A superstitious legend that was merely recounted between friends over a pint of ale. But on that night in 1894, all of that changed. Back in those days, chimney sweeping was a necessary yet thankless job, one that often required a great deal of physical labor. So, it was really no surprise when the now nameless chimney sweep walked into the pub at Stoop Inn. Alongside a group of companions, the chimney sweep was looking to blow off a bit of steam. They ordered round after round, joked and told stories, all while he sat in a certain chair. Now I won't lie, this is where the accounts tend to vary depending on the source. I saw some reports that the chimney sweep unknowingly sat in Busby's chair, while others claimed that he did so as a joke or on a dare. But regardless of these variations, there was one consistency throughout all of my sources. By the following morning, the chimney sweep was found hanging from the very gallows, where Thomas Busby lost his life. Okay, I know what many of you are likely thinking. This event, as tragic as it was, couldn't be anything more than a coincidence. I mean, really, there wasn't any proof that the chair had actually been cursed, right? Well, maybe so. But you have to admit, it's more than a bit eerie. Especially considering that this was only the inciting incident in what would turn out to be a long line of tragedies. So, maybe, just maybe... This wasn't a coincidence, after all. Over the next 84 years, this so-called chair of death sat inside the tavern at Stoop Inn. For better or for worse, the time passed, and as it did, the legend was all but forgotten. Although this is not to say that Busby's spirit had become any less vengeful, and for that matter, neither did his chair. It was during the Second World War when the artifact took its next victims. You see, at the time, the Busby Stoop Inn was a popular haunt among RCAF airmen. Coming in droves, these men would all too often flagrantly provoke one another to sit in Busby's chair. Many took up the challenge, and for a time they emerged unscathed. But by the time the war was over, not one of them remained. A similar narrative unfolded during the late 1960s, when two airmen stopped in for a drink at the pub. Their conversation was overheard by Tony Earnshaw, who had purchased the public house in recent years. According to Earnshaw, at least, they had dared each other to have a seat in the cursed chair, and nonchalantly brushed off the experience when nothing amiss occurred. Tragically, their fate took a dark turn later that night, as their car collided head-on with a tree on their way back to the airfield. This ominous cycle continued well into the 1970s, with the chair making an apparent connection to countless more fatalities. Between vehicular accidents and grave medical diagnoses, Earnshaw began to question the veracity of the old legend. 
Determined to safeguard his patrons and staff, Earnshaw eventually took action, banishing the chair down to the cellar, where he knew it wouldn't be touched. But even here, surrounded by shadows and cobwebs, the artifact still found a way to cause trouble. It was 1978 when a delivery arrived at the Stoop Inn. Upon arrival, the delivery man got to work, unloading the shipment from the back of his van. He carried several heavy boxes down into the cellar, where he discovered a very comfortable-looking chair. The man sat down, allowing himself a few minutes rest. Then he continued on with his work, none the wiser. Upon his departure, the driver remarked that the chair was far too comfortable to remain hidden away. It was a comment that undoubtedly caused Earnshaw a great deal of anxiety. This feeling turned to sheer panic as he watched the delivery van spin out of control a ways down the road. It was then that Earnshaw reached his breaking point. As far as he was concerned, the alleged curse was an undeniable truth, and as such, it was high time that he was rid of it. Suspended from the ceiling inside North Yorkshire's Thirsk Museum, Thomas Busby's chair remains to be a popular tourist attraction. So, yeah, those of us with a morbid curiosity can still visit the infamous chair, up close and personal, just in a much more controlled environment. You see, thanks to its insidious reputation, touching the artifact is strictly prohibited. In fact, they claim that no one has sat in the chair since that day in 1978, and for good reason, too. After all, Thomas Busby's chair has claimed around 60 innocent lives. Or so the legend claims, but like many of the haunts that we've discussed in previous episodes, the story of Thomas Busby's chair has a few holes. So before we end today's episode, I think it's only fair that I bring some skepticism back into this narrative. Apparently, sometime after it took up permanent residence inside the Thirsk Museum, the chair was examined by Dr. Adam Bowett, the program director for the University of Buckingham's School of Decorative Arts and Historic Interiors. Suffice to say, Dr. Bowett is somewhat of an expert when it comes to really old historic furniture, and as such, he made quite the discovery in the case of Thomas Busby's chair. Upon his investigation, Bowett found that the chair's spindles had been machine-turned, a fact that by Bowett's best estimate, dated the artifact back to 1840 at the earliest. That's 138 years after Busby's death, meaning that there was no way he could have cursed this particular piece of furniture. Now, that makes sense, at least from a skeptic's perspective. Based off of Dr. Bowett's expert opinion, this legend seems to be nothing more than a hoax, and an incredibly convenient one at that. I mean, think about it. The Busby Stoop was, first and foremost, a hotel, one operating in a town that saw very few visitors. And according to Earnshaw himself, the chair of death had a habit of attracting out-of-town guests. And so, dear listeners, we are now left to ponder could it be that this curse is nothing more than a clever gimmick designed to drive tourist traffic into Kirby Whisk? Is it possible that Thomas Busby, a wicked man of vile habits, was simply just a character written into local lore? Or does it seem more likely that we're just sitting 
in the wrong chair. This episode of Haunts was written and produced by me, Courtney Hayes. If you've been enjoying the show so far, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a review. A lot of work goes into each episode, and supporting the show in this way really helps us reach more listeners each week. It's entirely free and takes about 30 seconds, and it would genuinely mean the world to me. Also, if you're interested in learning more about today's topic, I greatly encourage you to check out the show notes section on our website at hauntscast.com. This is the location where I share my sources and provide any visual aid that may be referenced during the show. Finally, I would love to connect with you online. You can find me on Instagram at hauntscast, or you can join our email list for updates about the show. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, happy haunting.